0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and I just got done reading X of Swords, or Ten of Swords, by Jonathan Hickman and Teeny Howard. Uh, no, I did not just get done reading the first issue, and I was so excited I had to share it. No, I got done reading all 22 issues of it. Uh, I, I did so over the last few days and uh, in the hopes that Uh, And again, I I wanted to be able to read it all at once as opposed to one issue at a time. I wanted to see if that would make it more interesting, and it was. It was awesome. And so, huge shout out to Marvel for diving into this series the way that it did with uh, releases every single week and so many chapters that went over so many different books truly was a masterpiece in that regard i can't remember the last time something like this happened i feel like the closest thing would have been maybe um like when hickman was doing secret wars and every single book on the line was a last days of book or a battle world book Uh, So it's been a long time since the entire line of characters has come together for a big story. And honestly, the story did not disappoint. So we're going to dive right into it. I, like I said, I'm going to be talking about with full spoilers, the entire series of Ten of Swords. Uh, which goes over quite a few books. Uh, I'll shout them all out right now. Uh, I will let you know they are all out of order. Actually, I can just probably tell you from the back of uh, some of these issues, but there are three one-shots, and then they go through each section. So there are three. There's a Ten of Swords creation, and then X-Factor 4, Wolverine 6, X-Force 13, Marauders 13, Hellions 5, New Mutants 13, Cable 5, Excalibur 13, X Men 13, X of, uh, Ten of Swords Stasis. And I can get to Stasis and tell you what more is on here. Uh, It's crazy. Again, 22 parts of this story. So, you know, some people would wait years to read a 22 issue uh, story. That'd be be almost two years of storytelling done in two months. Um, so after Ten of Swords Stasis is X Men fourteen, Marauders fourteen, Marauders fifteen, Excalibur fourteen, Wolverine seven, X Force fourteen, Hellion six, Cable six, X Men fifteen, Excalibur fifteen, and then Ten of Swords Destruction. Uh, so I I am not planning on making this an incredibly long episode, only because. Uh, it would be the longest episode ever to go over 22 issues of a story. And so what I would say is you've got a couple of options. You can enjoy this podcast as a fun story and and to talk about. I'll tell you this much. um, You know, if you listen to it now, maybe in three months when uh, it all comes onto Marvel Unlimited, uh, you could wait until the last issue comes out, which would be three months from last week, basically, Uh, And maybe you'll have forgotten. You probably will have forgotten this podcast by then. So you can have a fun time enjoying the story now and then reread the whole thing when it comes out, uh, as it comes out on Marvel Unlimited. Or if you've read it already, I'm excited to talk about it with you. Uh, But we're going to dive right in. So uh, the story itself is, it kind of picks up a lot of threads from different X-Men stories and and essentially is, is the big event ending the dawn of X. So Jonathan Hickman uh, started up this whole world with Arby Silva and Pepe Larraz back uh, that was last year uh, with House of X and Powers of Ten, and then from there the Dawn of X started, and that was all of the single series. So you had X Men, Excalibur, Wolverine, X Force. And uh, if you guys remember, those were, I mean, that was one of the reasons I started this podcast, so that I could talk about uh, those comics specifically. So there are episodes going back to the very beginning of this podcast talking about all of those stories. Um, And I stopped doing so just because, honestly, a lot of the stories kind of dwindled for me. There really wasn't a lot happening. And uh, I point that to New Mutants, Excalibur. Um, a little bit of X-Force. The only, the only book that really hooked me the entire way through was X-Men, and I think that was by design because Jonathan Hickman was the one writing that. It's basically kind of the main story of the X-Men, but this tale, uh, Ten of Swords, is essentially Excalibur on steroids. And obviously, it takes place with all the other X-Men, but Teenie Howard is there. She's the writer of Excalibur currently. Her and Jonathan both did the writing for the uh, the X of, Ten of Swords books, along with their own books and some other ones as well. But this also takes into account other writers and artists too. So I'm going to try, I don't have them all listed, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and run them all off in my head. But Jerry Duggan, did uh, the Marauders with help from Benjamin Percy on some issues. Benjamin Percy did uh, Wolverine and X-Force along with Joshua Kassara and um, Victor Bogdanovic. And then, uh, was it, Marcus Toe does Excalibur. Uh, he uh, Jonathan had Mahmoud Asrar And also, it's said that Laniel Yu was one of the artists on one of the X-Men issues, but it was just because they reused his art from a prior issue, which was kind of lazy in my opinion. But um, who else was in this? uh, Jim Zub and uh, Carmen Carnero did the two Hellions issues, which don't really have a lot to do with the main story, but they were still really cool. I liked them a lot uh, just because I love seeing Sinister, and Jim Zub did a really good job of writing Sinister as well. Uh, And then Cable as well. Jerry Duggan did Cable with Phil Noto on that too. Uh, I think that's all of them. Uh, And so what happens is if any of you were able to read the free comic book day, there's essentially a lot going on right now in the X-Men universe around tarot cards. And, uh, I mean, that's all, it's already part of that powers of 10, the 10 of swords. And that's essentially what happens is, uh, there's a, there's a, it's really, it's hard to explain. It's again, it's very Excalibur-y. It's very multiversal. This would make a really interesting movie. Uh, it'd be a very long movie, but, um, and they show it there's a lot of maps there's a lot of charts but uh there's a place called other world and that is where the uh starlight citadel is and to super fans out there i apologize again i'm saying this all off of what i've just read a little bit ago in the last few days i am not an excalibur fan i am i'm am a selective x-men fan is what i would say i like the main x-men story i always have but I usually I never really got into like New Mutants or Excalibur, all those other side stories. Uh, and I tried to with Dawn of X, I really did. And, and it was enjoyable for the most part, but I just, I was like, I don't, I, I didn't want to pay for it anymore because it wasn't interesting me enough to do so. So I'll just keep reading them all as they come on Marvel Unlimited. But um, in Excalibur, there's this place called Otherworld. And it's very uh, medieval in a sense. There's fairies. There's knights. The, the cap, Captain Britain operates there, and that's that's uh, um, I was gonna say J- Jesse Braddock, but it's Betsy Braddock, and uh, her her brother Brian Braddock. There's there's a whole thing going on there. But essentially, just picture there's this there's this uh, fantastical world, and there's a uh, there's a gate, one of the Krakowin gates, or just a gate in general, an external gate that leads you to Earth, and that gate goes right to Krakoa, which is where all the mutants live. Well, then, on the absolute opposite side of the—and I'm, I'm talking like you can see me, but I'm, I'm making a circle. The way that this map looks, Otherworld is a circle, and on one side of the circle is Krakoa, on the other side of the circle is Araco, which is the other part of Krakoa. They're two pieces of the same whole, which is what Apocalypse has been talking about a lot in the main. Uh, well, that was talked about in Powers of Ten. It's been talked about in the Excalibur series and the and the X Men series. So there's been a lot of buildup that there's this whole other island with mutants that can't be accessed because of this. You have to go through Otherworld to get to it. And so the story is. In, in Araco, the same situation is taking place where there are people there who want to get through and essentially destroy Krakoa, obviously, right, it's the bad guys, uh, but it, what the twist is is those bad guys are, in fact, Apocalypse's family, and that is probably one of the best parts of this series, was getting to flesh out Apocalypse as a character and, and to uh, get to meet his children, get to meet his wife, uh, all of which look absolutely badass. They are all different types of Egyptian sort of gods. And so they are operating under this, the same premise as Apocalypse. It was, right, it was like, you know, survival of the fittest. They've, they've essentially been warring in Araco for thousands of years, and they're deciding now that they want to destroy Krakoa and uh and the particulars of that are not important but it's a lot of again like sorcery and, and manipulation all that sort of stuff but so what happens is uh those people get in to other world uh there's some people from krakoa that are tricked into going into other world by one of the summoners that's again from the x-men series and so these people are fighting some of them die uh specifically Rockslide, uh santo dies and uh, again, no big deal, we can resurrect him when we get back, but uh, what happens is, uh, I believe her name, it's it's spelled Saturnine, Uh, Saturn and then N-Y-N-E, so I think it's Saturnine, but she's the queen ruler of Otherworld, and if I haven't lost you yet, congratulations to you, because I'm barely hanging on, but she says I, essentially, in order for you to come from one of those sides, Krakoa or Arako, to get to the other side, you have to pass through me. You have to pass through my realm. And so in order to do that, like you have to have my permission, and you absolutely don't have my permission, but... Uh, we can settle this the old-fashioned way. And so she's she's flipping her tarot cards. She's drawing cards, which is really, really cool. And again, I took so many screenshots on my iPad of this series. Uh, they go into each of... Oh, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But um, she says, essentially, we're going to have a tournament. The Tournament of Power. It's not the Tournament of Power. It is uh, just a tournament. and uh, But the tournament is the same as the Tournament of Power. Both Araco and Krakoa have to bring in... Ten champions with ten swords, and each of these champions will fight each other to the death. And whoever wins, uh, essentially wins, right? They get—they are the ones that then get passage. So the plan for Krakoa being, not only are they trying to win to prevent these uh, bad guys from killing Krakoa, you know, invading Earth and destroying life as we know it, but at the same time, maybe there's a possibility that they can bring Arako back. To Krakoa, because they were separated so long ago. And so throughout the story, again, we start finding out why they were separated and all that. And again, sort of things that we learned in the X-Men book. But uh, it's so cool. And what I was going to say earlier is there's, uh, there's little infographics on each and every sword. So we get to learn about all of these cool swords. And I was really amped for this series to begin with, specifically because of Gorgon. Uh, again, I, I've talked about this in the past, but Gorgon is one of my favorite X Men villains, or I guess just villains in general, because he is—he's uh, just amazing. And so, to know that he was going to get some sword fights, I was really excited. Uh, my background right now, that I'm literally staring at on my computer, is the Ten of Swords uh, Mark Brooks cover, uh, and I'm just looking here at Professor Xavier holding what I think is the the Cerebro sword and nightcrawler with his sword i've always wanted to see nightcrawler in a fight well not all of these characters make it into the fight and not all of them even get to fight with their swords which was very frustrating but also made for such a good story because i i was visibly frustrated when i was reading this book i was so bummed because the 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 whole half and again we're 22 issues so from from ten of swords creation to 10 of swords stasis that is all the story of essentially the gathering of the swords. So each issue, there's an issue where Wolverine's going to find the Muramasa blade. There's an issue where Storm is going to fight, uh, going to find Skybreaker, which is this sword in Wakanda. So amazing story there. I mean, we get stuff on Apocalypse's sword, and so the swords that I've got on here, you got the the Muramasa blade, the Skybreaker. Uh, magic is that's the third one is Magic. She has the Soul Sword. And then you've got uh, Cypher, who, uh, he his sword is Warlock, his buddy that's always around him, and so that one was really cool, and he has a really cool story in this book. Uh, and then the Light of Galador, that's the sword that Cable has, the Sword of Might, which I believe is Brian Braddock's sword, and then the Starlight Sword, which uh, Betsy Braddock uses, and then Grass Cutter and Godkiller, uh, which are uh, Gorgon swords, and is just, again, come on it's gorgon uh and then the scarab sword which is uh that's um apocalypse's sword and i think that's all the ones that they did but then there's also all the Ara- the Arako swords as well 10 of those too, um just uh, unbelievable and so uh they're gathering their swords and then they get there to fight and so again one of the big reveals as it's going through is that yeah these are apocalypse's kids and whatnot like death famine these are the original uh four horsemen of the apocalypse but there's a, another person there and that person is genesis and genesis is apocalypse's wife but genesis is wearing this this uh, helm called the uh, I believe it's called the Amenth helm which is this golden, almost like Gorgon type of headdress that, when you wear it, it possesses you, and and she is Annihilation. That is that is her name when she's wearing it. Uh, they're two separate individuals, but the 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 it's a helmet of sorts tries to control you, and so again they're trying to. It's the conquest piece of it, right? But Apocalypse is just so happy to see his family again, and so just. Again, I have never read anything as good as this for Apocalypse. Like, this story is Apocalypse's story. And so we follow him through this whole ordeal. There's other mutants that get great great days in the sun as well during this. But for all intents and purposes, this is Apocalypse's story. And so what frustrated me so much about it is that, you know, as these fights are going on, and I'm I'm, literally the whole time as I'm reading, I'm like, I just can't wait for this Gorgon fight and as they're going, the fights are, uh, they're, like, Saturnine keeps changing the rules, and, and I'm, I'm expressing the same frustration that Cable was in one of the issues, which was just saying, that's not fair, like, uh, Magic shows up to fight this giant four-armed alligator named, um, I think his name was, like, Pog, no Pog, or something like that, but, um, and they both have their swords and they're ready to go. And Saturnine shows up and she says, actually, we're not going to fight with swords. You're going to do an arm wrestling contest. And Magic's like, are you kidding me? And she loses. And so, it, again, credit to the story because every time there was a fight, there would be a, um, like a, you know, a point, a little scorecard that would show up at the bottom of the screen. And it would say like, Arako, one, Kurkoa zero. And as you're getting closer towards the end, Araco is up to like 19 points or eight no Araco's at 18 points and Krakoa is at six points and that is because Saturnine keeps changing the rules and there are instances where they do win that I thought were really cool I'm gonna see if I I took some screenshots of it I don't think I did I was so into the story yeah I really didn't I just (laughs) zoomed right through it but um I'm trying to think of some of the memorable fights. There was that one with magic. Wolverine had an awesome fight with the Summoner, who I was waiting to get killed because of of what they did. They betrayed Krakoa, basically. And so they're fighting in this weird reality. And uh, they're, what is it? He doesn't have, or he does, maybe he does. He has his, yeah, he has his healing power, so he's fine. But it was basically, he throws his blade at Summoner, kills him drops dead to the floor saturnine says the rules were it was a fight to the death and the summoner fought to the death summoner wins and wolverine's like i don't get it i won i lost because i won and i'm just thinking like this like the game was rigged from the very beginning and so he shows back up he gets invited to this bar and starts drinking with storm but the stuff that they're drinking ends up dulling their powers and so then he gets a favor called on him uh when he was getting the Muramasa blade Uh, someone else got it for him this guy named Solemn who is on the Arako side and he got because he was also searching for a Muramasa blade so there's two blades there and this guy gives wolverine one of the swords and this is a towards the beginning and he says like i'm gonna call on you for a favor he calls on wolverine to fight war the the war who who is the mother of the summoner that he just killed and he ends up beating that person too but it's like oh it was just so frustrating to see all of them literally doing their best because the, the trick is and i forgot to mention this um if a mutant dies in other in other world like santo was sliced in half when they tried to resurrect him in the in the by the resurrection protocols, he did not come back the same. He was he looked sort of the same, but he had a completely different personality. And so they essentially said that if you die on Otherworld, you're you're corrupted in a sense. So if you are brought back, there's no telling what you will be brought back as. Maybe you're psychotic, who who knows? No one knows. So the whole thing is like if you die on Otherworld, you essentially die for real. You're not gonna come back. And so at the same time, like I said, there's these two Hellions issues where Mr. Sinister is like, well, what if we just went and stole all the swords from Araco? They would be forced to forfeit and they're like that is the dumbest idea ever but honestly like we don't have a lot to go with so if you want to do that fine and so his two episodes are essentially them trying to do it and they never get to because like you you get that one issue and you're like oh that sounds kind of cool and then the fights start going you're like well i guess they didn't get to it and then the next issue shows up and they're like all right we're here to do it and the people are like no you're too late like the fighting's been going on for a while and they're like well crap and uh, but then they get kind of slaughtered as well. A lot of them end up making it back to Krakoa though, just in time. But uh, he was his whole goal was trying to get mutant DNA from the Araco people, which is you know classic sinister. But so we get to this point at the end, and, and this is I'm kind of I was kind of speeding up to what I I would consider my favorite and honestly least favorite part of this story. Uh, we actually do get a fight with Gorgon, and I was so happy about it, because he kept being relegated to the back, and he had some cool bits during this story, where he just, he's such a badass, he's so cool, calm, and collected, and uh, him in Apocalypse, and uh, he is fighting this guy called, like, the White Hand of something, and this guy has a hundred like servants that are fighters that have died that he has recruited beyond the grave or something again this is a there's a lot of lore it's a very dense book but it's worth it it's really good there's backstories for everybody and so he's they're sitting there getting ready to fight and he's like i'm gonna have my men fight you And it was, he's like, that's fine. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. And he just says like one. And then a guy, a guy shows up, he immediately beheads the guy. And he's like, all right, two. And then two more people show up and he kills both of them. And he keeps doing that until he gets overwhelmed. And, uh, eventually the main guy kills him, kills Gorgon. And I was like, he killed Gorgon. The one person that I didn't want to die in this story. Uh, he killed him. I can't believe it. And uh, and you know I might even just I'm gonna just pull that issue up I because it's gonna stay that issue's gonna stay with me for a while I uh, was that cable issue number five uh, no that's part eight see there's and it's like that's the only downside I would say is that the it's so it was hard i I'm glad that at the end of each of these books it tells you what the next book is to read because they're all completely out of order there's an instance where there's two marauders books back to back but then there's an instance where um I mean it's just it's it's wild but so he and I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom over to this page but Gorgon yeah oh my god goodness yeah so he he so at this point and i'm gonna read this this is probably was my most tense moment of this because i'm like i don't this is chapter 19 so there are three issues after this like how are the x-men gonna get out of this the score is 18 to 6 saturnine says 18 to 6 the cards have determined the next contest gorgon versus the white sword to the death white sword says you will face me after you make it through my swords, all 100 of them, and he says, ha, and then the guy sits down and says, number one, and then the guy comes, immediately gets beheaded, two and three, both of them come, he slides down and slices both of their legs off and then stabs them, and then this guy stands up, he goes, bravo, four, five, and six, and Cable says, this isn't fair, and war says, nothing is fair, boy, and so then he just keeps fighting, he takes his mask off, starts turning people to stone, And then he says, excellent, send them all, and starts fighting all of them, and and Gorgon just says, come and die. And they're all watching him as this happens, he's he's getting overwhelmed, but then Saturnine says, and this is where I was like, oh, yes, Saturnine says, by my count, Gorgon has slayed 13 of the White Sword's champions, giving Krakoa a narrow lead of 19 to 18, and uh, so they're like, are you kidding me, White Sword, finish him! And so then he does, he, he kills Gorgon. And so now they're tied at 19 to 19. And I just, again, I was most looking forward to Gorgon. I was incredibly frustrated at the... Um, the lo- how badly the x-men were losing and so when he showed up and did that i just again i was like hell yeah gorgon like you are my hero that he was able to turn the tide and bring them to a tie even though he sacrificed himself but what was interesting is at the very end of the book they talk about where the um where the locations of the swords are now that everything is all said and done and for his two swords it says that he's going to be resurrected and so I was like, okay, all right, so we'll see, we'll see what he looks like when he's resurrected. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's a nicer person. I, I have no idea. But so they, they get to the spot, and what ends up happening? The final battle. We all were guessing it. Apocalypse versus annihilation, and uh, obviously Genesis wearing the Ament, Amenth Helm, and uh, they have a really great fight. And at the, and this is all, all of this takes place during the Ten of Destruction, Ten of Swords Destruction one shot, the last issue and it is a doozy, art by Pepe Larraz, and it is just as gorgeous as the House of X, uh, issues, even more so, because it almost feels like every single page, there is a, um, just a huge splash, so within that story, and again, like I said, it's a little easier for me to just tell you the bits of what happened, more so than the story itself, because it's a long one, but, um, saturnine brings back the britain core the entire core they show up and start fighting so what happens is um Ana- uh, genesis takes her mask off basically and she's like i you know you've basically you've beaten me apocalypse you beat me i don't think you know i don't think we should do this anymore sort of thing and the mask is like no i'm not gonna let you do that like i'm the re- blah, blah, blah." basically it's all the mask and so the mask calls in all of the hordes from uh, Araco. so just all these demons and crazy stuff things that you saw towards the very beginning of this story and so they're all fighting an outnumbered team of x-men um and at this time too though highlight as well another great part i forgot to mention is cypher ends up marrying this uh woman from Araco who's one of the challengers and she's kind of like black bolt where she doesn't speak much she sort of does but it's through her voice that she can cause like sonic stuff but he is; she is the only person that he can't understand because his powers, he can understand anything. But he can't understand her. So it was really interesting to see. Uh, and really cool too, because they really leaned into him being married and them being like, we won't hurt each other now that we're married. But like I said, if you think that's crazy, that what, he got married in this book? Like that's not even the craziest thing that happened in this story. Like you got to read it to see it. But so she's over there helping with them as well. There's this person called Iska the Unbeaten who uh, ends up switching sides too when she realizes she can't win, and so then she she fights with the X-Men as well. But So they're all fighting these demons, and then Saturnine brings back all of the Briton Corps, so they join the fight, and then at the same time, the X-Men do show up from Krakoa. They decide they are going to help out, and so they bring through the entire sword uh installation the space station which is again obviously setting things up for the future but there's a a beautiful splash shot of all the x-men showing up and then uh you know uh, the mask annihilation brings all these big demons in in there as well and they're all fighting but then it ends up being not none of that ends up ending the fight what ends up happening is apocalypse takes the helmet from his wife and puts it on him and they're like oh no you're done you're done like the, the mask is like all right it's time to merge and he's like no I'm not going to merge with you and it's like no trust me you will he's like no I have bigger plans and it's like what are you doing no and so while he's wearing the mask as the sort of herald of this mask this mask of annihilation being the kind of helmer of Araco, he surrenders and in doing so that ends the war so the mask ends up getting kind of transformed into a staff, and so that you know it can't be worn again. But you know she says like it can still corrupt. Again, a lot of a lot of lore, a lot of dense lore. But the ending, what ends up happening, is uh, Saturnine says, "All right, you know the fight is done. Uh, the last thing we will do is essentially like an exchange. One person from Arako must go to Krakoa and stay there." One person from Kakoa must go to Arako and stay there. And so the champion of, of uh, Arako being Genesis says, I want my husband. And he says, I, I would want nothing more. And so he, Apocalypse, chooses to go to Arako to be with his family, which is just, again, it's just magnificent and so he says all right well who speaks for Krakoa and Apocalypse says I speak for Krakoa and and Scott Summers was like whoa man whoa he's like no trust me and they say all right well who who do you choose to come to Krakoa and he says Araco. and I actually teared up when I saw that because I completely just the whole idea of these two giant islands being separated from each other of being kind of like a brother sister sort of same thing uh, just the fact that that was who he chose is just shows you what a complex character apocalypse is that he would sacrifice himself to go over and again to him not really a sacrifice because he went on and on about how he spent thousands of years preparing for this moment because when they when they when he escaped from arako it was told by his wife to test the other world to to test them to make sure that they are fit so that when they are invaded, they can fight themselves off. Just building on so much X-Men lore and canon in this story. And so now... And so that was essentially the end of it. And the very end of it being Saturnine has kind of restored order to otherworld and all the Briton core there again. Stuff that I'm not really that into. I I wasn't very impressed by that. Just again because I I've never really grown up with it. So like this this horrible uh horrible woman who kind of, you know, ruined their their games, ruined my enjoyment of getting to see sword fights uh gets to kind of get off scot free and now she's sort of a good guy. I mean, she was never really a bad guy, but she kind of was. I was just like, you know what, whatever, but it made for a really awesome story. And that's why I say that is like, typically I would not like reading about somebody like that, but the way that they portrayed her, she was just, she had a really intricate tale as well. And so where we're left off, we don't really know what's going on now. The very last scene is with her. So there are no other, I don't know if there are even any other issues coming out. Like I said, I will be still subscribing to X-Men by, um, you know, monthly comics, but I'm going to be reading all the rest of them in Marvel Unlimited. So I'll be taking a little breather on X-Men for the next three months. But um, by the end of it, uh, there are now two empty seats on the council because Apocalypse is gone. And Jean Grey is kit was kicked out because she went to go help Cyclops. They essentially agreed that like if you leave, you're done, basically. And she was like, "Well, I don't care." So she's gone. So there's two th- two of them there. And then we've got the whole Araco of it all. That like, okay, the Araco is now going to be a part of Krakoa. And uh, how is that going to look when you've got a whole other island with millions of mutants on it that we don't know much about? and uh like i don't know that i feel like the world will not be very happy about that but there what was interesting too is that um marvel issued a teaser for what is being called the reign of x and so apparently there's some kind of takeaways and interesting things in this teaser image i see cyclops and um miss marvel or i guess that's what she used to be called but marvel girl uh gray uh nightcrawler's reading some books there's a there's a shot that's directly from the new x-men issue coming of of x-23 and um i think that's uh what is his name darwin coming back out of the vault there's a there's in this picture is uh uh doug ramsey cypher with his wife uh in it there's storm looking at some thing i don't know what that is wolverine dressed up as patch uh, and again, like I said, even looking at this, I was like, okay, there's not enough in this teaser image to justify me going through another 12 issues of all of these different stories. Because I mean, I'll be honest, you get 22 issues in two months, that's pretty expensive. And uh, even when I'm getting them at a discount from Midtown, it's still pretty pricey. But I will say this, it was worth it. This story was 100% worth it. We got so many cool storylines, so many cool character moments. We get a whole new retelling of Apocalypse uh gorgon gets his time to shine and uh we we just get some really interesting setup for things coming in the future so again there's a lot of question marks around excalibur so i would say again if you've been a fan of that you like excalibur that's probably a book definitely to follow uh because there's a lot there like what's going on with betsy right now I, i still don't really know and then again the x-men storyline is always going to be pretty big marauders they're going to be dealing with now that they're back sebastian shaw killed kate pride and uh, now they're going to be dealing with that again i was like okay well you know they kind of dealt with that in the issue before this so i'm not too keen on reading that uh the new Mutants stuff i think is going to be dealing with uh shadow king maybe or mojo either way again not not enough for me to pick the book up and then also, uh, what else? I wasn't reading Hellions or Cable anyway, so those are still going on. I am going to be reading Sword. There's a new Sword story coming out for with Al Ewing at the helm. Which is really intriguing because I love Al Ewing and I haven't been reading his Guardians run, but his Incredible or his Immortal Hulk run is incredible. So uh, there's that to look forward to as well. I just I know right now over the last two years, thanks to Jonathan Hickman, and now I'll say thanks to Jonathan Hickman, Arby Silva, Pepe Larraz, Marte Gracia, Teeny Howard. Uh, And I I would also probably have a shout out to, um, what's his name, Jordan White, the editor for the X-Men books. They have been working so hard. Imagine putting together a 22 issue story in the span of two months that spans like eight different titles and they're all connected so you go from reading an X-Men to a Wolverine to an X-Force to Marauders and it is a through storyline so there's no there's probably one instance where i was like oh well what's going on right now but then they explain it through the info drops so it just it was an all hands on deck type situation and one of those times where i'm proud to say that it lived up to the hype they were talking about that for a long time in the marvel trailers of like hey this X of Swords is crazy you should see some of these panels that that you know have been delivered to us by the artists, I second that. It, it really was. It was a great effort by everybody. So again, 22 issues. It took a while to read, but it was worth every single moment of it. I think I'll probably pre-order. I, I already have pre-ordered the, uh, the hard cover. I was trying to decide whether I would keep it after I read it, and I definitely will. I, I'm excited to have this as a collected edition, uh, just because it's such a wild and fun story. And uh, it had a good ending, a good middle, a good beginning. Uh, There's really not much that I can nitpick on it besides the fact that, again... um I wanted more Gorgon (laughs) and I I wanted some Nightcrawler in there as well. And I didn't get that either. But hey, that's why this is such a powerful story is because there's so much to tell and not enough time to tell it. And speaking of time, that is where we're going to wrap up this show. So for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy reading these comics.